Saka Lika's duo are back with us uh, today on the uh, Biz News radio platform, and it's really good to be talking with uh, Pete LaRue, the Chief Executive, and Russell Lamberti, who's joining us in our virtual studio. Pete, we spoke last week. It, there was lots of confusion at the time about, and lots of discussion at the time about mandatory vaccines, divisions within business, um, business for South Africa, a big business, in other words, saying, they wanted everybody in the country to be forced to have a jab. You didn't like that. No, we, our position is that um, the government should not co-opt and force the private sector to implement a one-size solution fits all. Uh, we are for the rights of businesses to implement what is appropriate in their circumstances um, according to the normal test of the market of profit and loss. Um, and there's no one-size answer for everyone. And even at the uh, even currently with companies that are encouraging some of their staff to get vaccinated and some even call it mandatory vaccines, but even there, there we have exceptions. And currently all those exceptions and the implementations are determined according to the discretion of the company. Um, and so what we will do is once we have a government in introduced mandate forcing the private sector to enforce its exclusionary policies on not only employees, but uh, private people visiting them in public spheres, etc., we will have... A division in society between business and the public, and we will have we will have the government draw lines according to their discretion between families, between co- colleagues, between businesses, and that's not the right way to solve a complex problem. But this South African government hasn't gone that route. It no. appears as though they're handing the ball back to the private sector, and they're not going to mandate vaccines. And I think that's a, a good cautious approach from the government to step back from it. And it tells us that you know after a week of punting this idea. Um, it's realized and the feedback it got was that, look, we're risking too much in doing this. We're risking putting groups in society against each other in a country that has seen massive unrest, costing billions just recently, um, that has a history of, of, of distrust. And it's just sort of re- trying to rebuild that trust. And now we're introducing this. Um, so I think it's, it's cautious and wise of government to say, no, let's, let's take a step back. And also, um, you know, as things progress, we're still not even sure that uh, all of this, which came from the, de- the detection of the Omicron variant, um, uh, is justified by the variant itself. So um, we, we, we just, uh, you know, uh, President Ramaphosa told us that the world acted irrationally by introducing travel bans. Completely agree with him. But let's not act rationally and irrationally in South Africa on the back of the same weak um, information. Yesterday was actually quite an incredible day, Russell Lamberti. Not only on the one side did government step back from what it's being pressed to do to introduce mandatory vaccines, but on the other side, we had a defeat in parliament for a change to the constitution, which would have allowed, call it what it is, legalized theft of property in South Africa, Russell. A pretty big day, Alec, and we're obviously chuffed at at, at the results in the short term. I don't think it. I'm talking about the land issue now, and I, I don't think it. Uh, it's the end of the story. The 50% majority threshold was achieved, but of course, it needed a two-thirds majority threshold. That wasn't achieved, Alec, because the EFF chiefly and a few other uh, parliamentary allies voted against the amendment, uh, not because they think it's a uh, because it uh, uh, engages in too much theft, uh, but because it engages in too little, <laughs> too little uh, a scope for property confiscation. So what that means, of course, is that um, you've got a sizable faction within Parliament that is going to try and reintroduce this amendment, or, or perhaps target now the expropriation bill itself, which the amendment was 
was shaping up to enable, um, and they're going to try and and sort of radicalize um, that process and actually take this even further. So it's, uh, you know, the battle perhaps has been won in the short term. Uh, the war is is far from over and, and we're remaining very vigilant on uh, on what parliaments are doing and how they're thinking because um, there are, you know, many, not just within the EFF, but also within the ANC, I think, who want to actually press this even harder. And I think what's critical, I'll finish up here, what's, what's, what's critical about this, Alec, is that the longer this stays on the table, it it looms over the South African economy. It looms over uh, investment decisions, over over you know, capital allocation decisions. Um, it's just this huge question mark. And as long as that question mark doesn't go away, it's a it's a real handbrake on things. So we really need this to be dealt with uh, in in a much you know with much more finality. And unfortunately, I think what what is likely to happen is that this is going to stay on the table and stay in the conversation. And as long as that's the case, I think, uh, you know, investors and, and, and business people are going to, you know, stay nervous and stay vigilant. I, I get that. But even with the EFF support, if their 44 parliamentarians had voted with uh, the ANC's proposal, they still would have lost. And the reason for that was 26 members of parliament from the ANC voted against their own party's directive. And that wouldn't have happened under Zuma, Pete. That is interesting, and uh, yeah, we will keep an eye on that. Um, certainly, South African politics is shuffling a little bit. There's a ruffling of feathers. Underlying uh, the underlying trends are still negative um, and deeply negative. Um, it's not only uh, expropriation. You can look at what's happening in competition law, especially. Just uh, I think yesterday or today, Ibrahim Patel and his department will come out with a new scorecard for concentration in the market. Um, so lots of problems still there, but. Yes, this one, let's, let's, let's own the win. It's great. But getting back to mandatory vaccines now, why were you guys so opposed to something that other business organizations are saying must happen? Well, some business organizations, not all. Um, Sarklicha is also not the only business organization cautioning against this. Um, Alec, we've been opposed to lockdown from the beginning. Um, the irrationality, it expected, it was even worse than we expected it to be. Um, and so we, we've been opposed to lockdown a lot. And we've been speaking about that re- really since the beginning when the idea was still just three weeks um, to you know, flatten the curve and then we'll ride it out because nobody thought there would be a vaccine at that point. And the idea was always that society will have to live with this thing. It's ready the hospitals. But then the thing metastasized and uh, we came to a point where there's talks of man- mandatory vaccination, that is, and the co-option of the private sector, forcing the private sector to implement a one-size solution all across the board. Came, what happens there? Does, does, does someone in government say to someone in the private sector that they're close to hey, just fly this kite, push this through, because we know that in government it wouldn't be good for us to have another defeat in the constitutional court, say. What happens behind the scenes? It's not clear, Alec, but it's um, it's quite conceivable that, uh, you know, at some connection level between some business organizations who have a, a good connection to government, that those kinds of talks started. We know that very few countries in the world have done so. There's now talk from among others, but you know, we'll join the ranks of Turkmenistan and Micronesia, et cetera, in implementing mandatory vaccines across the country if we do it. Yeah, it does seem like there was a talk between some business representatives, some business organizations. It seemed like some of that talk has been happening at NEDLAC. 
But I think um, it, it puts a question mark behind the legitimacy of the tables where those discussions happen. And if it is then presented as if business has a single view on this, which is, you know, make us your agents, instrumentalize the business sector to become uh, the agents of uh, political and very controversial political positions in the way it dictated by government gazette. I think we need much more nuance to this. And um, if the uh, discussion is presented as President Ramaphosa did, that business is behind nationwide one-size solution mandatory vaccines, then I think um, he's brought on the wrong impression. Um, and at, at some level, there's, there's definitely a misrepresentation, and that is unacceptable. So let's say that. Um, I don't think the discussion at NEDLAC, if that discussion says that business is behind this, is an accurate reflection of the requirements and the need and the want from businesses to be able to have some discretion in this and apply their judgment according to their circumstances. It's, it's interesting, Russell, that we are going through a transitional period and maybe to get the mindset shift to understand that in the old days, what you said as a government or a business chief executive was law. We as South Africans don't easily take to being told what to do, but the younger people nowadays are perhaps even more. And maybe, maybe that temperature in the country is, is what is behind both of these decisions that we saw yesterday. I think there's been some wisdom exercised at at some uh, level of, of government there, Alec, because, um, the, you know, these are not pure scientific representative polls, but there's certainly been several um, online polls or, or uh, surveys being done. Of course, it's not representative. Of course, these things have issues. Um, but, you know, quite overwhelmingly, what we see in, in, in several of these things, there was a News24 poll. There was an interesting... Um, uh, survey uh, for comment done by Dear South Africa, who who elicited about 140,000 comments, roughly 30,000 from self-described business owners. Um, 25,000 of those 30,000 uh, said that they would be against mandatory vaccines uh, for, from the state, and that they probably wouldn't implement mandatory vaccines themselves. So uh, that's a big number. I'm not saying that's a scientific result, but I think there's some indicative signal there to us. Um, and we can also pick this up in the social conversation. Um, a lot of young people are distrustful, and rightly so, um, of the government and the way it handles these these very complex problems. We've seen that over the last 18 months. You know, I think there's been these two competing philosophies that you could really link to lockdown, to, to mask mandates, to travel bans, and, and even to man mandatory vaccines, which is, do we solve complex problems at a central Politburo style level, or do we solve complex problems by, by decentralizing solutions, by having a plurality of solutions? 60 million South Africans, Alec, as we've said in lockdown, and, and it applies to this issue as well, are not the same. They have, they have very different contexts. They live in different places. They're different socioeconomically, different age groups, uh, different employment status, different health status, and so on and so forth. The, the, the list is endless of how different individual people are. Um, and what is required to, you know, to understand the, the complexity of that is to devolve decision-making as much as possible to lower levels. That's not always possible. Some Sometimes scale uh, is, is required for certain decisions. 
And I think this is, this is where this big debate comes down to is can we solve this complexity? Can we make a one size fits all solution for, for 60 million? Um, and I think the last 20 months, both domestically and abroad, have been an, an emphatic repudiation of, of this idea that you can centralize complex risk management. So I think as, as, uh, as the government is, is surveying the social temperature, as it were, I, I, I suspect that you know, some, some cool and calm heads are prevailing. But, and I think I just want to emphasize what Pete said, um, it's really critical that we don't allow the government to to um, uh, uh, pass over the the sort of moral and uh, and 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 legitimacy questions of this issue and sort of outsource them to business and instrumentalize business as it were. Let business become essentially the the enforcement arm and government sort of stands by behind the scenes. Uh, we, we don't we we, we want to be very wary and guard against that and so I think the key here is allowing businesses to make decisions that there's going to be a plurality of decisions different businesses are going to do different things and of course whichever decisions they make they're going to have to incur the costs of those decisions they shouldn't be able to internalize the benefits as well you know for a company to make decisions like this Alec as you well know and as your listeners know, there's a myriad of, of considerations. There's not just employees and staff. It's, it's how do you interact with customers, suppliers, shareholders, stakeholders, investors. Uh, how do you manage your brand perception out there? These are all very important considerations for, for small and large businesses. Um, and so, you know, this, this decision is, is complex on so many dimensions that we are saying devolve this decision-making, get it decentralized, and really, let's see a, a diversity of approaches here that suit various different contexts. That, to me, looks like starts to look like a healthy way out of this. Pete, uh, what do you say to the Sarkalicha members who are asking you? And they'll say, Discovery have made it mandatory. MTN, just the other day, uh, has made it mandatory for their staff to have vaccines. What's your response to your members? Some companies have and some companies haven't, and they've um, evaluated their situation, and we encourage you to evaluate yours. In general, I could add that I don't think establishing a new corporate culture of vaccine mandates are wise it's because it's, it encourages the monitored society. Um, but we, we do not prescribe to our members what not to do. It's like Russell said, you have to evaluate your position, internalize the risk and the reward, the benefits and the profit and the loss of your decision. And um, very often, um, it's just playing copycat in a market is not the way to distinguish yourself. Um, make, a, make the decision what's good for you, your employees, your stakeholders, your families, etc. And so... Um, but how but, do you but ask those questions? What questions do you ask? You, you're a family business. You serve the public. Maybe you've got a B&B or a, or a hotel. And you get the family together and you say, okay, now we've got to make a decision on whether or not to mandate that all of our team and our staff have vaccines. What questions do you ask yourself? I think you need to ask yourself about the, uh, you ask your, your fellow um, colleagues, uh, what do they think about it? Then you have to evaluate that. You probably have to think about how would your market react to that? Different markets react differently to different uh, staff brands or different corporate brands or different company products. It's not something that I can tell you and you and I, Alec, can figure out here in the abstract for different companies. 
So just think about it, in other words. Is that what you're saying? Think about it, go through it, and realize that there are consequences both ways. You can't reduce this all to a simple yes or no or binary solution. What what MTN does does not necessarily apply in your company. And at the same uh, time, we can also realize that, um, uh, you know, there's always a big business always lambasted at some level. I'm not here to 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 um, to join in that, but there is a difference in uh, often in the independence and capability of you to navigate complex situations if you're smaller. You're not facing the same kinds of brand and uh, 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 regulatory risks as let's say a big company. So you know, exploit that. See what that means in your context. Um, so we would think we we um, uh, maybe I should add this. Sarklicha has been opposed to lockdown. We've we've when it was irrational, we've even won some court cases against this. Many have lost court cases, valiant efforts. We've won important cases preventing business licensing, etc., coming in through under the uh, guise of lockdown. Um, and then we only recently reinstarted an, another phase in debating this ma- matter. We, we're not interested in debating the merits of vaccines. We are very capable, very capable people, academic practicing, medic, medic, medical practitioners, medical academics, etc., statisticians. There's no use in entering the debate on the merits or not of vaccines. And we're not interested in doing that. We're not an authority and we're not going to amplify whoever cherry-picked view we, we, we pick. But we are interested in preventing the business sector becoming the agents of the state, becoming instrumentalized in um, in, in f- facing the risks not even government wants to face. Um, and also, even if government were willing to face those risks, um, it would still drive a wedge between the population and the business sector, who then become the agents of the state enforcing something the population, or at least a big part of the population, does not agree with. And one final thing, this is not, uh, you know, uh, Russell put it well recently, there are many vaccinated people in South Africa who oppose mandatory vaccinations at the state level um, because they realize this is a complex situation. They respect uh, other businesses. They respect their fellows. They respect um, people, intelligent people who hold a little bit different views. This is not a dichotomy. It's not a binary issue. And and Sarklicha is uh, is firmly in the camp of decentralized risk management and respecting different views. and in ensuring the independence of the business community. It, it makes a lot of sense. But, uh, Russell, maybe final word from you. Why is it that someone in big business would take that risk of sticking their neck out and saying, we must have mandatory vaccines, especially in a climate where we, we see Omicron is, it appears anyway, I, I, from from what I've been told by the experts is that, there is a mutation of viruses and eventually they like to live with a host and they don't really want to kill the host. In other words, the viruses are not going to get more dangerous. They should get less dangerous. And Omicron suggests that this is exactly what's happening with COVID-19. So why would a big business leader stick it, stick their necks out and, and, and go along this very polarizing line? I think there's several issues at play here. Like Pete, I don't want to get on a big business bashing horse. Um, I think risk considerations, brand considerations, political considerations are, you know, very different for large businesses than they are for small businesses. So I think that's, I think that's an aspect of it. Um, I think that there is a group think dimension to this. I think that there's a lot of uh, social and political pressure on this. This is a very sensitive and hot button issue. Um, 
our view is that because it is so sensitive, because everyone's on tenterhooks here, and because you can't raise this in polite discussion without someone having an argument or someone blowing up somewhere along the line on either side of the debate. Um, because really? Because it is so sensitive, <laughs> we, we actually need <laughs> – that's, that's, that's more of a reason, more of a reason to be cautious, uh, to, to, to be wise, to consider people's um, uh, personal uh, you know, bodily rights and integrities – their personal choices and decisions to be very sensitive to these things um, and to decentralize, as we say, decentralize these, these decisions. Let me just add one, one comment here as well, Alec, that um, I think it would be unfair and, and probably wrong to say that all large businesses want to go down the mandate, the mandatory vaccination route. We're hearing from certain businesses that want to do this. Uh, we, we are hearing from large uh, business groupings that are kind of clearly putting their voice behind this, but that doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, you know, there's there's many other large businesses that are that are not represented in this space. I've heard one or two anecdotes from from large uh, listed uh, companies in South Africa where there's tremendous hesit hesitancy to to going down a, a mandatory route. You know, you, you're essentially enforcing a policy over many thousands of employees. And you've got to deal with constitutional issues. You've got to deal with legal liability. You've got to deal with contractual issues in, in employment contracts. You've got to deal with all sorts of complexities. Um, and I think a lot of companies would rather say, you know what, um, you know, get vaccinated if you want to get vaccinated. Manage your risks as you as you see fit. And if you get sick, you know, go work from home. Uh, you know, don't bring that to to the workplace. And let's just work through this as we go. And as you say, let's see how things. Are unfolding, you know, with the virus itself and with and with the pandemic itself, because it may be, and and you know, I think we can all agree on this. Let's hope that in in three, five, six months from now, we're kind of looking back on this and going, "Wow, this is all behind us. We can now move forward," you know, with with normalcy. Um, what Sarkalicha wants to do in the interim is make sure, as Pete says, that we are not allowing businesses to be co-opted and instrumentalized by the state, because we think this can portend the rollout of one of the biggest uh, uh, bureaucratic and compliance efforts of government that we've ever seen. And if the last 20 months um, haven't shown you that that's a bad idea, then I don't know what will. <laughs>